these bikes here. Hello everyone, this is Mike Brown here. You're listening to Moto X Pod Show. Back music or is it old? What is that? That's old. That's from um, I can't remember the name of the album. The one where it was his face all cut up in shapes. I don't remember, man. I was I like Beck. I was never that into him, but he's got a, he's got some good songs. I've heard that. I just I don't know that I even realized that's that that was Beck. One of uh, Dark Side's favorite yeah. artists. Yeah, Jamie's, Jamie Jamie's into that. Nah, I'm not feeling then, Beck. That's okay. Not feeling Beck. Not really. Isn't he like a Scientologist or something? I don't know, I don't but know, I just love the beats of his music, dude. I've like, liked I didn't like the music. I, didn't like his, I don't like the vocals. I think he does uh, hipster music now. Yes. He? Yeah, he does hipster music. I think this was like the beginning of hipster music. <laughs> it's like coffee shop shit or something. That's what they, <laughs> li- that's what they listen to at university. But <laughs> Are we like college people now? Yeah, uh, I, I guess so. I'm not, well, no. I'm not feeling that no more, man. Right. I'm feeling the old guy that has to pay bills mode or whatever. But uh, anyways, what's up, guys? Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, York Welding, and Fab, TPJ Racing, I'm Muscle Mark, Dark Side, DJ TJ, say hi. Hi. Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. He didn't even get pissed when I called it? him DJ TJ. Oh, uh, well. That's his nickname. That's his nickname, whether he likes it or not. I if mean, I, when he's here. I mean, When I'm here. No commitment. DJ, DJ Darkside the rest of the time. DJ Darkside. DJ Darkside, yeah. Darkside's a guy with many hats. He wears yeah. many hats. He's been doing a really good really good job. I listen to the yeah. show. I mean, I, I hate giving him any more praise <laughs> Because his band, he, he cannot hardly find a bandana that fits around yeah, his head anymore. Two, I tie two of them together now. <laughs> two of them together. Yeah, it's I actually enjoy doing that. Like I've always wanted to know how to run a soundboard. I still don't understand the soundboard, but I I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. For somebody well, that's as hardcore of a rocker as Jamie and can't play a musical instrument, at least was, he can do the soundboard. I was playing now. drums today. We bought Marley a drum kit for her birthday, and I was out there making all kinds of racket. What kind of? Were what, you? How bad did that sound? Yeah, were you Terrible. actually playing? Okay, oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean. What's your definition of playing? Being I had two drumsticks and I was hitting a bunch of drums. Were you able was to he keep play, a beat? Was he playing no. in tune? Is what no, I was definitely asking. not keeping any beat. Yeah, okay, no, I keeping was just a making beat. noise. He was doing some beating, but no, yes. no rhythm to it. I at could all, kill it man. on like what was it? Rock band? You play the drums on stuff. I like don't that. think that counts. Oh, yeah, I never even played <laughs> that game. <'cause laughs> hey, I, what I, I was won't... that? Was it rock band? Had the drums. Was it rock band? Guitar Hero was just. Oh, it's Guitar Hero. Dude, I sucked at both of them. I know it sounds dumb, but my buddy bought that game and and they all played it all the time. And then actually bought a guitar, and then they all like actually made a real like band that played at parties. That's pretty so, legit. Though. That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. All because of rock band. Well, I remember the all South Park the episode video, yeah. where they were all playing Guitar Hero, and then the, <laughs> one of their dads came in with a real guitar and said, "Watch this," and played it for real. And they're like, "Well, that's lame." <laughs> they didn't understand. I was like, well, okay, that, that is the youth of America. South Park is awesome. Yeah. Yep. 
Dude, anyways, what, uh, man, I guess we had uh, Paris Supercross last week or whatever the hell it was. and Yeah, Paris and what, uh, uh, Australia also. Did they have the Australian one? Yeah. yeah. What yeah, happened there? Uh, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, who won that? Jason uh, Anderson, Anderson, right? Anderson yeah. won a night and Dino won a night. Yep. So, but. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it. I haven't seen other than the little highlight, little videos you'll see on social mm-hmm. media. I saw the Ronnie Mack Carmichael thing, and that's a. Not much else. Like, I didn't get to see the whole race. Yeah. Everybody was bitching that that was staged. I'm like, you didn't already think that that was <laughs> right. a deal, you dumbasses? Right, right. Come on, you know? Like, going in? Yeah. Everybody was – I heard – was looking on uh, social media and people yeah. were complaining about it. I'm like, good God. Dude. And just sit back and enjoy the show and shut up. <laughs> he's a, he's you know? a character. That's what exactly. – he's a character. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Character. So, but yeah. uh, I uh, I guess uh, Justin Brayton wrapped up the uh, – his second in a row, Australian Supercross yeah. title, 450 title. And how, then, yeah. how long is he going to be able to continue to be so good indoors? I mean, I mean, he just stays healthy. He stays fast. I mean, just not having a race outdoors definitely helps. I, I think it does. That, you know, coming from arena cross too, this should be the Justin Brayton road to Supercross, not the Ricky <laughs> Carmichael road to Supercross. Well, yeah, and Jeff Brayton's a guy. He's a real technical, good. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much longer he's going to go. He's probably getting tired of it, but you know. That grind is 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 real grueling he's, on guys. No way he's tired of that paycheck. No, I wouldn't think so. So but, uh, I, don't, I know one person who isn't tired of it's Chad Reed, and we'll be talking in ten years, and Reed will be getting ready for a one again. <laughs> yeah, you know, could but be. He's I not. I don't, it doesn't look like he's going to make the first round. What? Or if he does, he won't be that healthy. He right. got hurt at straight rhythm. Well, I've been off of the pretty much any social media lately, being at the races and everything, and. So I didn't know anything about that, him. That helps our show a lot. Thanks. Yeah, good, good job. Hey, way to promote. Hey, I, I'm here as the producer. Well, all right. Well, stop, when I think, stop talking then. When okay. I think Mark. of dedication, I don't think of TJ. <laughs> right. Hey, but. I was actually getting people to come on the show. Oh, yeah? Where are they? At Minio's. I've got the numbers. Here. We, okay, we'll have. <laughs> oh, my so, God. Goodness gracious, dude. Where, that was at? dirty. That was dirty, huh? <laughs> well, you had it coming, TJ. I No, I didn't. Yeah, no. you did. Damn it. You had it coming. <laughs> it was just an easy one. Hey, y'all don't have a kid trying to be a pro one day. When If y'all, if and when y'all do, you I hope I never do. God, please. I Anybody who's I listening, do. if you have a kid who wants to ride dirt bikes, just keep him in baseball or football or right. something yeah. like that and let him ride for fun. Because And hope he's not good. <laughs> right. I hope he sucks at it. A doc got a top 10 in the Supercross section, and then he got fourth in one of his heats or one of his motos. motos and. Then, but you know, C class. Yeah, he, he said fine. he crashed a few times, huh? Yeah, dude, the track was so gnarly. When I got there, I don't know if y'all have ever seen video or footage of the track there at Gatorback. I have, dude, way back in the day. Yeah, old, old school, but it yeah. is. I, there's no, I've seen video. It does not do it justice. When we rolled up in there, I'm like, next year, I'm bringing my bike and I am riding the motocross section. It is because yeah, they, they do supercross the first few days and then motocross the next three days. And I'm like, I'm bringing my bike. I'm riding the motocross section. It is so awesome. The track, you think in Florida it's going to be flat, but it's in this big Well, it's pit. a dirt pit. Yeah, it, it's a... It's a quarry. Yeah, it's a quarry, yeah. yeah. And, dude, it's just these massive uphills and downhills. It looks like so much fun. And by the end of day one, I'm like, no, I'm not bringing my bike to this. Dude, <laughs> got rough as hell, didn't so it? so gnarly. Yeah. I've never... I've literally never seen a track get that gnarly. I know they talk about Loretta's and they talk about that kind of stuff, but... I mean, you're, there's this big sweeper in the back that had about 15 or 20 lines that all crossed each other with huge chug holes. 
the doc has some pictures going up the face of every jump with like two foot deep. See, that shit's not fun to me. I don't like that crap. No, but the track would be so much fun to go ride, but to race it at Minio's, I mean, too many bikes on there. Dude, I watched the uh, the Gatorback National from 1990 the other day. Watched both classes, 125 and 250, and and the way they prepped was a lot different back then. The track just didn't get that rough. It got rough. It got torn up, but nothing like that. There was a hundred and there was over 110 kids in Doc's class. Oh God. Yeah. That's another reason I don't want to go. Yeah. That's why to me those. Amateur nationals don't just don't sound fun. No, like all no. week just to ride a couple times. And- yeah, like trying to qualify for even. Oh, and not even that. They don't do practice every day. So you do your practice like on Wednesday or That's whatever. That's how they day. all do at the big races. And then when your moto comes, no matter what the track's like, you hit it pinned. Yeah. Like yeah. wide open, never been on it that rough. Hit it, go. No side lap. No side lap. Go. Not into it. Go. Well, go they don't go. have time for side laps or right. practice. You it know? was re- it was ridiculous, and then it rained out one day. Did it? Yeah, I did. Well, that's Florida for you. It's so, going to happen. But uh, we uh, we got to get to uh, get to some guests. We have some pretty special ones tonight. We're going to get to our first guest right away. He is the two-time world champion riding motocross, the one and only Trampus Parker. Trampus, what's up, buddy? Oh, just hanging out here with my wife and enjoying a quiet evening. There's nothing like a quiet evening. I, I come <laughs> to appreciate those more and more the older the I get. The older you get, where are you up in Oklahoma right now? Yeah, we're up here um, just south of Tulsa. Okay, and then your son runs DeSoto, correct, in Louisiana? Yeah, he uh, he takes care of that property down there. That's a that's a fun track. I've been out there numerous times, so yeah, we really like that place. Yeah, and I know he uh, he uh, should have a Supercross track. He's been putting in a a Supercross track and should have it finished. Uh, I think he was finishing it up today and gonna have it open to the public on. Uh, this weekend. Oh, nice. Oh, awesome. We need to get over there. More soon. of a uh, kind of a, a tame, like Minio style supercross track? Yes. What it what it'd be was uh, he was wanting to put in a, a supercross track for the average person so he can have uh, supercross races. Oh, cool. Oh, and, sweet. Uh, I told him, I said, man, don't build it out there in the in the pasture. I said, build it so you can use the same starting gate like the Minios does. I said, you'll have one starting gate and you can use that for your supercross track and your outdoor track and it's a saves a you know a lot on the expenses absolutely yeah that's smart thinking right there yeah good stuff well it takes uh sometimes i guess it takes dad sometimes <laughs> to rain rain his son in and hey this is the smart way to do it and i was always bad about not listening and, and that was a, a mistake so sounds like he uh sounds like he listens though well this time he did this time <laughs> <laughs> That's part of uh, that's part of uh, being a son. I yeah. never listened to my dad that much when I was a kid. So. Right, right, right. Well, tell us now, uh, tr- what is Trampus Parker up to these days? You're, you're retired. You're, you're living the good life. What, what are you doing nowadays, bud? Well, every day that I'm with my wife is a good life, and uh, nice. just uh, enjoying the grandkids. We uh, we have eight grandkids now. Oh wow. Um, my wife's side and uh have an absolute blast with them been trying to convince them to move out here by us so uh, <laughs> on the lake and uh just uh the vintage racing is something that that we really enjoy hanging out with all the older people and uh putting on our vintage race every year now that that we have it here in oklahoma we had our second year this year and it went great and can't wait to, for next year we've already got some really cool ideas in the works and uh so the end of September next year, we'll uh, we'll have our third race up here in Oklahoma. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, speaking of vintage racing, uh, Jamie and I had the pleasure of meeting you at Diamond Dons this year and watching you uh, put a whooping on the uh, 100 class. It was a, it was a, a, a fun time watching the, the old bikes. I, I really like the vibe of an older race. What we, it just seems more pure to me. Oh, it's it's a blast. Uh, and, you know, just being able to hang out with people that's uh, a little bit older than the average motocross race nowadays. You don't, you don't have the parents telling the kids that you can't be friends with that guy because you're racing him. Right. And, you know, we're all hanging out together. And then in the evenings, we might sit down and have an adult drink and uh, talk more BS than uh, you can stand to listen to. Yeah, that's that's become some of the the more fun part of our sport. Like I'm 42, Mark's 38, 38. So we're getting to that age where that's that's almost as much fun as riding is the, the crap talking. Oh, you would be surprised how fast we actually are at night. Right, right. <laughs> even uh, even Shan Garcia is one of the fastest guys I've ever met. Oh, now night. that's definitely uh, that. Yeah, that's deep waters right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love Shan. Yeah, it's a blast, uh, man. Y'all, y'all are gonna have to make it up to Oklahoma. You yeah, know, we'll be we'll be at a Desoto uh, for the Armor Race um, in April, and then over to Diamond Dons. I think they're back to back weekends this okay. year, and then uh, we'll be doing uh, the one that Mike Parker has over in Arkansas. That'll be a new one, right? And, and uh, I'll definitely be over at, at my sponsors, Craig Hayes. They have an Enduro, which I think is second to none. And this year I was able to finally even the score with Terry Cunningham. So we're, we're two to two on <laughs> each other in cross country. So uh, I'm looking forward to meeting up with him. And then, uh, then we'll have our race up here in Oklahoma at the end of September. What's the name of your facility up there in Oklahoma? We actually, it's not a facility that we do it in. It's a city park. Oh, and wow. it's, in, it's in Henrietta, Oklahoma. And it's right there where I-40 and 75 cross. Oh, okay. And, man, the city, this year Henrietta let us come in. They have this beautiful uh, park. And I think the thing's like 600 acres, but we were using one side of it, which is just a little over 200 acres. And they have a, a, a lake. Uh, we had, I don't know, about seven miles of trails laid out and a natural terrain motocross track. Nice. It is probably one of the most beautiful places that you could ask to have a motocross race at. Okay, Trampus, I got a question. How in the world did you get the city to allow you to race dirt bikes on their property? Well, this is going to sound funny, but it wasn't because of me. (laughs) This is one time my wife was able to have pull, and I can't take any credit for it. That's Uh, awesome. She went to school there, and... uh, she just she grew up there and man when um when we started asking about it uh, the reason we got it was because of sherry they didn't know who in the world trampus parker was and uh man it was something cool because we were able to give back to the community and this park is is so beautiful that uh we felt you know just really fortunate that they allowed us to do it and they went ahead and had a vote on it here a month ago and now we have an annually uh it'll be an annual deal there now they Man, gave us the permission to have it annually that's fantastic well i know that the um i just got back from minios and they were talking there the mayor of the city right down right down like i guess that minios is technically closest to newberry 
the yep. the college there, um, Florida State, did a study, and that Minios is probably a lot bigger than that vintage race, but it brought in over three million dollars of revenue every year into Newberry, and a lot of the, uh, and, and that mayor was talking about how a lot of of the um, local colleges are doing that at different tracks, showing the benefit of motocross on the different cities and states. Well, you know, I uh, a couple of years ago when we was at Loretta Lynn's, we talked to the um, to the manager there at Walmart, and he was telling us they make more money in the week of the motocross and four wheeler event because they're back to back. Yeah, he said than any other any other months put together throughout the rest of the year. He said, he said, man, he said, y'all come in every year and clean us out. He said, we think we have the store stock. Right. Y'all clean us out. He said, do y'all ever keep anything? <laughs> nope. We just show up. Going down the road tears it yeah. up, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Who needs to keep their, their trailer stock when you have a Walmart in the area? Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Now, Trampus, are you still doing the motocross schools? No, I actually walked away from it. Uh I think age, uh, age caught up with me and, um, uh, I started just, I had a feeling that a kid was going to get hurt on my time and, uh, I couldn't shake that feeling. So I knew it was time to step away. Wow. Okay. That's, that's, that's eerie. You know, to have that feeling, that's pretty intense. Well, it must've, it must have been if, yeah. if, it, if you decided it was time to call it quits though. And it's probably a good decision. Well, you know, the bikes nowadays and the level that that you're having to train and uh you know one of the riders that we uh that we took over over the last three years won loretta's this year and and stuff and we had a lot of riders and you're having to push them to such a limit and there's no easy days you know actually racing right now is the vacation time the training (laughs) part is insane yeah and uh the the track that we was training on was so rough that uh you know that's the only way you can you can get to that level to win at the big big amateur nationals right and at any given day you know you're gonna have one or two kids they're gonna have a crash and i just started getting this fear that one of these kids was gonna get paralyzed or killed and i I just uh decided it was time to walk away well, I do feel like that that is a uh, a, a growing concern with, with in our sport with the, the bikes, you know, Power. the intensity. I mean, it's yeah, the inertia of, of the four stroke motorcycles and how rough the tracks are. When also another another, and we we're I feel like I'm beating a dead horse because I say this a lot, but a lot of these kids coming up don't ever get to spend the right amount of time. I feel like they should when they move to big bikes on an actual two stroke and uh, get their technical skills down. And I, I may be wrong on that, but it, sh- it just seems like it's going in a weird direction to me. Well, I, I agree with you. I, I wish they would have made it mandatory that uh, that they come off of 85s and super minis and everybody had to ride 125 two-strokes for at least one year. I yeah. agree. Absolutely. But, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the boss, so <laughs> I make the rules. So, hey, what do you think it's going to take to get, uh, you know, we know you kind of grew up – riding with Hoth- Dennis Hawthorne and Jason Langford, what's it going to get take to get those guys out at one of these uh, vet race or these vintage races? Oh, Dennis come come to our race both years. He came last really? year and this year. And, and uh, Yeah. Wow. Oh, Dennis 
he can uh, he can still throw a leg over a motorcycle and, and get around the track really good. Well, I knew he could. I just didn't think he did it very often. You know, I I, I thought he kind of just had stepped away from that. No, he can still get on a bike and uh and uh ride it pretty dang good. Uh, you know, Dennis was a uh, probably one of the guys that um helped me more than any anything um he made made me realize that it it took a lot of hard work to win because i was faster than dennis but i asked my dad one day i said man i said why is dennis always winning (laughs) and he said because he's the only guy here that's in shape Mm. and I, i went down and dennis let me come stay at his house and ride with him and man, that was a life changer for me. Well, tell us about that. What, what did he? What did it specifically? Did he show you? Well, he showed me you don't need a motocross track to uh, learn to ride a motorcycle because he had some of these off-the-wall tracks right outside of Dallas, and they weren't motocross tracks prepped with no tractor. I yeah. mean, if there was if there was a ditch, a ravine, a gully, Dennis threw it in the track. Did you and, ever? Uh, did you ever ride off at Dowdy Ferry Road right there off I twenty? Man, I don't remember okay. the name, but there was uh, it a pla- was they, they used to ride lot, out there. Was there a lot of trees and stuff? Yes, it was kind of yeah, sandy. That was probably it. Yeah. You didn't want to lose control because you'd been out in the trees. Yep, yep. But uh, I learned a lot, lot with Dennis, and then going on the road with him in 1985, uh, man, was was a huge experience. And then uh, just seeing what he did in Arena Cross, uh, I think he, you know, he's been robbed of a lot of credit uh you know i hear people talk about other riders but uh you know D- dennis won five arena cross championships and you can't take that away no i oh. agree he does not get near enough credit and that's no disrespect to buddy anton as a lot of people consider him the guy in there but dennis came before him and, and won a lot himself and i really feel like that he ought to get the same recognition yeah yeah, sort of like another guy I know in Texas that I, I always thought never got any recognition because the color of his skin wasn't wasn't white was old David McLean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that unfortunately that's uh, that's just, that's one of the darker sides of our sports. We it's well, uh, life in general, but especially well back that in, that too. Yeah, yeah that time frame. It, well, uh, you know that time frame, but uh, yeah. man, if there was anybody that could throw a leg over a a CR four eighty and fly around a motocross track and was a top 10 national rider that guy was and uh in any of the interviews i've ever done um david mclean's probably one of the biggest uh heroes that i've ever had in this in motocross and um i would have loved to have seen him back on a, on a factory bike back in the day because uh everybody knows bubba as being the fast fastest guy on two wheels but uh I believe David McLean could have showed a lot of people a lot of stuff back then. Um, no doubt. Yeah, that's no really doubt. cool. Um, so, you know, we we know your story. A lot of people know your story. Two-time world champion, 1989, 125, uh, 1991-250, um, which is pretty amazing because when you went over to Europe, you were somewhat of an unknown. You know, you, you were Chad – Parker they knew you as Chad States. Parker yeah you went over there you know we we've uh we're all Steve Mathis fans here Pulp MX we we listened to your podcast and you know I guess you went over there had a deal that kind of fell through but I mean Turn, spun wrenches for a little yeah, bit even the, the story though is really like you can make a movie off your story and the, the amount of confidence 
you had from your stories is unreal. Most people don't have that drive that you had. To, I'm going to win. I can beat anybody on any given day. Well, I, th- I think that's the biggest problem with, uh, with a lot of, uh, the young kids. I, I think we got lots of fast riders. Yeah. I think even in, even in the pro level, we got a lot of fast guys, but they're beat before they ever get to the starting line. And, uh, you know, my dad always taught me and my brother, anytime you show up, it's a day you, you can beat somebody you've never beat before. Right. And he always taught us that uh, if somebody's beating you, figure out why they're beating you. Don't make some lame brain excuse that their bike's faster or uh, or something like that. Because in motocross, the rider on a good rough track still makes the difference. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... I always figured if somebody beat me, they were either cornering faster, they were they were going through the the rhythm sections faster. So that's what I had to work on. Right. Yeah. You, you said that about you know the mindset of certain people, and like McGrath would say that that he knew when he pulled up to the when he rolled up to the line, he knew he had everybody beat mentally before he ever even got on the bike. And, and I'm sure a lot of those you know the Carmichael's and the Stewarts they knew that too that mentally they had the other guys that might be just a little bit off their pace mentally they had them beat and that that would kill you as a, as a somebody that maybe not be not, might not be as fast if you roll up to the line and you see McGrath or, or Carmichael or whoever Tomac now yeah you, you beat yourself up before you even start well if if we looked at talent just talent and who should have won championships mm-hmm. Ronnie Lachine back in the day should have won a bunch. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And and probably one of the greatest riders who's ever walked the face of the earth in today's riding times, who just retired here recently, Kevin Windham. Yep. If, if Kevin would have believed in himself and would have had the confidence, Carmichael wouldn't own all the titles he owns. Yeah, and I feel like a little bit of that was that Kevin was was so naturally gifted. Ricky just – I feel like Ricky just outworked him. Yep, 100%. And because uh, cause there's no I – mean, everybody knew about Wyndham coming through the amateurs. I mean, he was yeah. a big deal. I know Ricky was too, but Kevin was the guy. Like, it just – it blew my mind that he never really – even though he had a very a, a wonderful career, it just – it was never what he should have been, you know. Even like Bob Hanna said, he should have been Jeremy McGrath, you know. Yeah, Wyndham – you know, Kevin should own probably more titles than Ricky or, or any of these other guys because he had a gift. But I will say this. When Kevin was a small kid – his dad put a lot of time in in on him, and I can remember his dad one time uh, calling up my dad, and my dad put on a race. And Jeff Demin at the time was on sixty um, fives, or it might have been eighty fives, but he he had aged out for the race we was doing, and Mister Wyndham asked my dad to let jeff ride and he told my dad i can still remember this that the only way my boy's gonna get better is riding with better people i love he said, that you don't get better by taking home first place trophies and not not earning them right yeah so mr Wyndham uh was a very smart man because 
he wasn't one of these guys running to tracks to, to win first place trophies like a lot of these parents do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, back when I was a kid, I can remember going to any local race. The goal in life was to get to the expert class so you could make money. It wasn't trying to hide out and be a novice for the rest of your life so you could win Loretta's in the novice class. Right. Yeah, and you see- – <sighs> I never understood that, and I feel like that's the difference between the guys that make it and the guys that don't is is their mindset, and we just keep, we keep going back to confidence and 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 self belief and things of that nature, and that's that has to be it, right? Yeah, it's a lot of mindset. You got to believe in yourself, and you got to want it bad, and that's what I you know I tell everybody, you got to have a lot of heart. If yeah. you don't have heart, I don't I don't care, you know, how good you are. It takes a lot of heart to win in this sport. And and that's one of the things. When we were training, uh, you would see some of these kids that come through that didn't have the most talent in the world, but they worked so much harder than the kids that had the talent. And uh, you watch uh, – you just keep watching little Caden Amarine. He, uh, you know, he won Loretta's this year and got second at Monster Cup. And he's one of these kids that he didn't have that talent. But that little sucker, anytime we went on bicycle rides or runs or, or worked out in the gym or anything, he never cut a workout short. And I could tell him, go do 15 miles on a bicycle, and he would do it. Wow. And he would try to beat me when when we did the workouts. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I think in the next uh, four years, we'll see him on Supercross. Well, I can't. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's cool because, yeah, I don't have that kind of drive. That's why I'm not a champion. <laughs> <laughs> if you told me to do 15 miles, I'd probably do about five and try to find a place to hide. Well, there you go. That's why we're sitting <laughs> well, here. That's why we're sitting here interviewing yeah. Trampas. <laughs> hey, well, that that's another reason I had to quit training because we did all these workouts with these kids and, and it was killing me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it gets harder to recover. Yeah. Now, I'm going to jump subjects a little bit, Trampus. What was your last uh, full year in the GPs? Uh, 204 would have been, but I ended up breaking a wrist. Oh, wow. Uh, in 2004, uh, I was doing some work with Honda, and um, – I started the year off. I really wasn't going to ride ride the GPs that year. And I ended up uh, starting out late. And I was sitting third in the world championship when I broke my wrist. And I was just really starting to come into my own halfway through the season. And I thought, this is the year I can get that title that I never got. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, we was down in France playing around on some little mini motards and I broke my uh, my navicular bone. Oh wow, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, especially back then. Yeah. Well, Trampas, do you, um, you know, you won. I mean, two world championships. That's amazing. But do you have like a uh, particular race that might be like the highlight of your career? That if you go back to that one race, was the most meaningful. Uh, the one race that that always. Uh, that I, I probably enjoyed more than anything was uh, I, I always wanted to race Dave Thorpe. Okay. Uh, D- Dave Thorpe was uh, somebody that over here, you know, he got made fun of. He had a 
an ugly riding style and all all this stuff but uh the guy was really fast on a motorcycle and uh in 1989 when i rode the destinations for italy uh you know america didn't didn't need me on, on the team right and um all i wanted to do is race against the best riders on the same track the same day yeah yeah so i rode the destinations for italy and the moto that I won the 500 class, I started on the second row, came came through the pack, passed Thorpe, ran Stanton down and finished just an inch behind Stanton at the finish line. And one more lap, I would have passed Stanton too and uh, won won the overall. That's pretty amazing. I love that story, yeah, by the way. Yeah. I, I, do you regret at all not coming to the States? Or do, are you – pretty content with the i mean the amazing career you did have well you know my first supercross i got third yep yeah and then uh, i came over in 92 and rode some supercrosses and i hadn't sat on a bike uh since the last last gp of the year and the gps ended about august the end of august back then and I didn't sit on a bike for four months and jumped out on the supercross track and I could still run top tens without even riding a motorcycle for four months. That's just pure so, talent. Uh, um, so I just always pulled up to the start line and, and believed that I could do it. Yeah. But, uh, about 10 laps in, I was completely gassed. So the last <laughs> laps, uh, I was on reserve. But if I would have trained and stuff, I, I think I could have. I think I could have won some titles over here. Oh, I agree. And uh, you know, you look at the guys from over in Europe. Uh, you hear people over here all the time say, "Oh, well, you know, they don't they don't stand a chance uh, coming over here." Well, Hurling's uh, <laughs> didn't stand a chance. Uh, he must have got awful lucky going from last to first. Yeah, was, yeah he, he. I think he opened some eyes and he showed the world what's up with the. And I don't know why they didn't already know. Those guys in the GPS are legit. They're the real deal, and they're just as good, if not better, than some of our guys. I agree. I think. Well, if they weren't that good, Marvin, Kenny, all Albertine, all yep. the guys come over here and won titles. Yep, Langston. Nobody gave him gave him those titles. Those right. guys freaking come over here and won them. John Michelle Bell come over here and made everybody look silly. He did. He definitely did. Did you now? You, did you ever get to race him much in the GPS? I didn't race. I never raced him in a GP. When I won the one twenty five, he won the two fifty, and then he come to America. Mm, so right. I actually never got to race him. We we were friends. He was a great guy. Uh, but he took a lot of crud over here like I did in Europe. And, I mean, yeah. nobody wanted him winning over here just like they didn't want me winning in Europe. But you can't take anything away from the guy's talent on a motorcycle. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm pleased that that's something that sort of has, has changed in our sport. Is Those guys come over now, and like Marvin. and Marvin and Kenny get, are beloved. They don't get all the hate that they used to get. I mean, we, we appreciate their talent, and, I, and I'm glad that that's happened because – I was really young, or just getting into motocross when JMB was racing, but I do remember all the hate, and I, did, I never could quite understand that. Well, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe if it was still the same way, they could just go live in a sanctuary city and be taken care of. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. I got one little quick story before we're out of time, but we uh, we met you at Diamond Dons, yeah. and uh, you know I've wanted to meet you for a long time, and I got my picture taken with you, and I'll be damned if I didn't close my eyes when Jamie pushed the button. So my <laughs> caption, when I put that picture on social media, because it was the only one I got, was I finally get to meet the two-time champion of the world, and I freaking closed my eyes in the picture. Of course that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, but hey. We'll, uh, we'll retake maybe, one this year. Yeah. Well, y'all have to come out and uh, – and do some of these uh the armor races yeah yeah we, uh, we had a blast and uh and if y'all have been up in oklahoma this year i got the uh saturday i ended up getting to beat albertson we uh jimmy albertson come out and raced and i saw I beat, that beat jimmy on the 100 on saturday <laughs> they went out and bought a freaking motorcycle saturday night which was literally unbeatable so uh that was one time the rider could not make up the difference. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get up there, and we're looking forward to Diamond Dons this year. Yep. Yep, and we'll we'll be there uh, uh, having a good time. We'll be at the show to the week weekend before, and then okay. at Diamond Dons, and uh, it will you know it'll just be a full on week for us. So it'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely, well, it's marked on the calendar, and we will uh, for sure see you there, buddy. Yep. Hey, maybe we can take a picture again. You'll have your eyes open. I hope so. <laughs> I promise you we'll, we'll at least have to take two to make sure. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Thanks, All Trampus. Right. Hey, Trampus, have a great yeah. night. Thank you for your time. It was an honor. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good night. Trampus Parker, two-time. That's time. pretty damn cool. Oh, man, what a cool dude. I, that- I love being able to do our show. I know, like I feel the same way I did when we got <laughs> off the phone with Dubok. It's just like yeah. you're on this level because you're talking. Those dudes are legends. You know? Legends, oh, sure, man. Both I mean, of world them. champions, dude. And uh, you're just like, oh, it's getting to, getting to talk to your heroes is yeah. every bit as cool as it sounds. Just so y'all <laughs> listening is. know, yes. it's every bit as cool. Here's as it our story: is they say don't meet your heroes because you're disappointed, but like we're lucky enough that every time we meet our heroes, like you know, Guy Cooper or whatever, yeah, yeah. we're not disappointed. We're like. These guys treat us like we're their buddies. Yep. I haven't been disappointed yet. Haven't no, met a douchebag yet in I, motorcross. Not <laughs> other yet. Other than TJ. Well, uh, yeah. Other than me. Nah. He's, nah, only a douche, he's only a douche half the time, man. Nah, Come on. Give him he's some not credit. even He just, I mean. When I'm not here. We're not going to get into the Wendy's thing, so I was TJ, gonna, I'm about to bring that up <laughs> TJ, again. <but laughs> TJ's, TJ's our brother, and we love him, and that's yeah. why we fuck with him so yeah, much. He's like so. our retarded brother. <laughs> Hey, See, you guys. There, there it goes, right there. Jamie just can't let it go. What was but, that guy's name in, in Goonies? Sloth. Sloth. Sloth, that's mm-hmm. it. Sloth? See, junk. Yeah, junk. <laughs> but, the family anyways, resemblance. Guys, we're going to take – you like baby Ruth's? Um, oh, yeah, those are pretty good. The little yeah, those yeah. Ruth! Ruth! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 go to commercial break before we screw this whole interview Come back thing with Austin tonight. Forkner. Yeah, Forkner. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way Kathy, he uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide 
a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Dark Side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. And that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L. And tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welding and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. Hey, this is Chicken. Thanks for listening to Moto X Pod. All right, guys. Welcome back again. Big shout out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, York Welding and Fab, TPJ Racing. Coming up next, Monster Energy Pro Circuit, Kawasaki's Austin Forkner. Austin, what's up, buddy? Uh, nothing. Just uh, chilling in uh, Oklahoma. I uh, just got a new cast on my uh, wrist today. So saw that picture a lot. on social media. That thing's pretty. What's that round thing? Is that like a vent? Uh, it's for a bone stimulator. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I those things work good, by the way. Yeah, they said that there's a chance that it, it could help. Like, some people it helps, some people it doesn't really, but I was like, if there's a chance, then I might as well do it. So. Yeah. Well, let's, I, you know, I guess uh, that's probably, like, the big topic of conversation in your world. How's the wrist doing, man? Uh, it's, it's all right. I mean, it's healing fine. Uh, they took x-rays before they took the cat before they put me in a hard cast uh just like a couple days ago and they said it, it's healing fine and um just i got three weeks in a cast and then uh two weeks in a brace and i can do some physical therapy during that so i got five weeks until i can be back on the bike so and then i'll have about um about a month and a week or a month and two weeks or so until uh uh, Dallas. Wait a minute. First you Dallas. had an extra wrist, and now they're they're saying you're back on the bike in five weeks. Medical yeah. technology has come a long way. That's awesome. Bro. That's <laughs> awesome, though. That's good. Dude, yeah, that yeah. Pic- when you posted that picture to social media, and I saw it, and you're just sitting there like calm, cool, like oh crap, you know, like that thing looked gnarly, man. Oh uh, yeah that that was that that was like 
three hours after it had been God. broke, and um, I, I was I basically went two hours without having any sort of uh, medicine, and it, it was I, as soon as I broke it, like I just came up short on this triple this triple in. I spun up the face. It was kind of misting a little bit, and the track just got slick, and I spun up the face. I just just like came up short on the front wheel, and just as soon as I hit, I felt it break. All right, and I heard it. I heard it break too, and then I crashed. Kind of like I crashed into the next one and, and broke my collarbone too. But um, oh wow, it, it wasn't like my collarbone's just like it, it's gonna be fine when my wrist is fine. But um, like I was laying on the track and I was like, it's 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 jacked up. Like before I even saw what it looked like, I yeah. was like, something's wrong. And um, then as soon as I like saw it and I kind of got up, like I I was like, I need to get to a hospital right now. I was like, my <laughs> like it, it it hurt like it hurt really bad then, and I was like, as soon as my adrenaline starts wearing off, it's gonna be worse and worse oh, and yeah. worse. So I was like, I need an IV right now. Like that's <laughs> all that's all I was concerned about was just getting an IV because I was like, this is it's only gonna get worse. So I was like, I just need an IV right now, and it it was it got way worse, and they were trying to. They took my glove off without they, – they pretty much got me all, like, undressed and stuff. And, like, they took my glove off and everything without any medicine. Like, oh, and I was like, I was like, I was, like, yelling at, like, the medics and stuff. But I was like, I was like, dude, like, if you guys want to do all this stuff, just give me an IV and then you can do whatever you want. Because as soon as – as soon as they put me in the ambulance, um, like, because we went to, like, a orthopedic clinic first because we know the guy really well and he was mm -hmm. like well i want to look at it and then like we'll, we'll get we'll get an ambulance here or we'll get you to a hospital or whatever the deal is um i just need to look at it first so we went there and then he had some guys that were trying to take it off or like i had a little splint put on and we were trying to get that handled and it was just it was and as soon as i got in the ambulance they put me on some some whatever pain medicine and i was fine and right. yeah it sounds so like your torture yeah, that picture was was about three hours after I did, it, and I was on some medicine. So that's the only reason I could even. That's the only reason I could even hold the thing up. Like, yeah, you I couldn't it. even. It was it was bad. You're so. feeling no pain at that point, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was. They, they they put me on the stuff that killed Michael Jackson. They said. Oh crap! <laughs> it was gnarly. It uh, was gnarly. I don't think they gave you as much as Mikey was taking though. Right. No, You're no, good. I know. I know, but they they were like, yeah, this is the stuff, and I was I was like, yeah, it, it was gnarly. It was like, <laughs> Dude, at that it, point, it, they could have given you whatever. You're like, I don't care, give it to me, you know? Yeah, hurt that I, bad. yeah, I didn't even care. It was it was the worst thing ever. Right. So, what was the uh, what was the call to Mitch like? Um, I didn't. My dad called him uh, <laughs> like while I was in the, like I don't while I was in the hospital. I think um, maybe on the way to the first hospital we went to, but. Um, I don't know, just call and said broke wrist, so obviously going to be East Coast, um, hopefully, and they, I, I was expecting a little bit, I was expecting like a little bit longer than they said, but it total is like just over four weeks in a cast, like three weeks in a hard cast, and I had 10 days of my soft cast, mm -hmm. and then I got two weeks of physical therapy before I can ride, um, so six weeks about altogether, which isn't that bad considering how mangled the thing was. And, right. um, and, and so, you've got a yeah. trainer who knows how to deal with broken bones. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't, <laughs> oh, I haven't stopped. I haven't. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. He, he knows, he knows all about that stuff. So I, um, I haven't really stopped even, even doing stuff. Um, I couldn't do stuff obviously for the first couple days, especially while I was on the pain medicine and stuff still. But now it's, uh, over over a week and a half after so um yeah 
I like I've been yeah, I've been, been in the gym the past five days. It's so, been like, fourteen I'm, days because it was the it was the last time we did a show on Tuesday night. I was on my way home, and Mark sent me the picture, and then I called your mom. Or I think I texted your mom, and then the, the next day, I, uh, how, how was the meeting with Jeff Brewer with Allsport? Uh, it was fine. Um, I just went. He was coming up to Tulsa yeah. for something, and I was at my house in Missouri, so we just met in Joplin because it's about halfway and. Just to get some, just to get measured for some uh, wrist braces. So, um, yeah, it was all good. Those just, things uh, are legit. We yeah. all here run them, and they're they're. You'll be surprised. Yeah, no, I, he had a, just an off-the-shelf one that I put on, um, mm-hmm. and mine are going to be custom, so they'll yeah. fit even probably a little bit better. But um, I just put it on. I was I was surprised. They're pretty good. I'm definitely going to wear one on my left wrist now um, for the for the first three months anyway. Just as just a probably more of like I mean, obviously it's going to help, but. Even just mentally, it's gonna just right. in my mind of having something there, like just for extra support. Right. Um, it's gonna be better. I'll tell you, I um, I I have three left wrist breaks. In '07, I sh- I broke it for the third time, and it looked very similar to yours. Like it was up on top of the the wrist, basically the way the hand was, and uh, they plated it. And I just happened to be looking through a magazine and saw an ad for the brace. Back then, he was building them for CTI, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I noticed that the company was based out of Nacogdoches, Texas, which, which is only an hour from where we live. So I drove over there and met Gary and Jeff, and I got my first brace. I bought one of the cheaper plastic ones that he builds, and I wore it for 10 years before I got a set of the, the uh, carbon ones. And I promise you, I, they've saved my wrist. This is what I told your mom. They, I know they've saved my wrist twice where I've come up short. And I don't even notice them anymore. They're just part of what – just like putting a helmet on now. Yeah, that's what – I'll get used to them pretty quick. And, like, I, I'll probably just keep riding with them, like, yeah. just because, like, I'll get used to them and I'll probably just keep yeah. riding with them. But, um, yeah, you'll like them. Yeah. Yeah, but I got measured, and so cool. as soon as I come back, I'll be I'll be rocking a set of those. And Right on. Well, I hate under the circumstances that this is going to happen, but for selfish reasons, I'm glad you're racing East Coast, man, so I get to see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it uh, should be good. Um, I uh, was riding really, really good before I got before I crashed, which kind of is a bummer because I was I was riding definitely really good. Um, but uh, should be should be fine for for um, East Coast. Just get were back you, and were you wanting to ride East Coast or West Coast? Did it matter? Where were you at as far um, as training goes? Because I know Mitch doesn't tell y'all. I was I was pretty much ready. So. Um, I would have done West Coast. I'm sure. I was. I, I. I mean. I was. I set a new track record at the PC test track in California. Whenever I went out there to test, so like, nice. I was going. I was going really good. Um, so I, I. I feel like I probably would have been on West Coast. Um. Um. But I. I mean. Now, obviously, I'm doing East Coast. So it. It really. It really doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, at, at that point, like I'm probably gonna have to be out in california anyway i mean hopefully i can i want to try to be in oklahoma just like now i want to try to train here until the races i want to try to not even leave here but just sometimes with the weather i'm not right like, it, it could it could be snowing or it, it could be 50 or 60 so you just right. not don't really know i just kind of have to play it by your i if i can be here in oklahoma i'll be here um but if I have to go out to California or I don't know to Florida or something like that, then I then I guess that's what I have to do. So, well, I tell you, 
Go ahead, I, sorry, that's, I mean, I I just hope that you and uh, AC are on separate coasts because you're my two favorite lights riders, and I don't I, I want I don't want to have to choose. You don't want to have to choose, huh? Yes. Yeah. Considering yeah. that, like, you kind of know Austin. You talked to his mom. Like, uh, you you did you chose for yourself. Yeah, I would definitely yeah, pick, I would definitely pick Austin over AC, but I'd rather not have to choose. <laughs> Such a selfish guy, Austin. I don't know what to, what to say about that. There's no loyalty there, buddy. I just said All I right. pick Austin. That, yeah, yeah. We we know how you're like like you're yeah, we, like, think you're a California and guy. And he's so in you're the braces pick now, you know. So you know, <laughs> you know, he's, he's wearing the Osport braces now. So well, I'm pulling for Austin Forkner. I can't wait for East Coast to start. You're yeah. back healthy again. You're doing your deal. Dallas. And you, yeah, Dallas, man. We're gonna we're probably gonna come up and bug the shit out of you. Sorry in advance, but we're fanboys. That's what we do. And uh, yeah, that was my uh, that was my best race last year on West Coast. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I got second there last year. So that was. That was really solid. Um, I think I think that riding on that kind of like East Coast style dirt is going to help me because just the California tracks are just it's just different style dirt out there than what I'm used to riding here. Yeah, I so, learned that recently. I went to Glen Helen for my first time. <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> same. Yeah, Austin, you've never spun any laps there, have you? <laughs> yeah, no. It, the, the, there's there's such there's such a big difference yeah um such a big difference like just you know just how it is and I I feel like I'm riding really good at these at this track in Oklahoma so I feel like I'll be solid. Well, well, we hope to get healed up and we know quick you, and ready to go 100. Heck yeah, man! We know and we know you're a busy guy, so we won't take yeah. any more of your time. But thanks for coming on and hey, tell Robbie Raynard hello for us. All right, we'll do. Hey, thanks, Austin. Austin. Thanks again, buddy. Yeah, no problem. See you, man. Austin Forkner, ladies and gentlemen, he's in good spirits. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, Five weeks already back on a bike. How? Holy crap! Mom told me that last week, and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty." It's it, just, I don't know, man. They, they, their technology and things heal better. Well, that and he's young too. It yeah. always helps, you know, because medical technology. Something, you know, like I was, yeah, just insane i guess and also he's gonna have all the best rehab all the best everything those bone stimulators work man because i had one from my leg when i broke it and i'm telling you those things work right whether it's placebo effect and you just think it works it doesn't matter it still works you know so i still got it in my house so if y'all break some shit i got you covered (laughs) you know what i'm saying i got one but uh anyways what uh we'll take a short break get mr kyle chisholm on the line All right, guys, welcome back. We're going to get to our next guest. He's number 11 in the program, but he's number one in our hearts, especially Jamie's Kyle Chisholm. Kyle, what's up, dude? Uh, not too much. How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing man. Doing good, just, man. Uh, just got off the phone with Austin Fortner and talked to Trampus Parker before that. and Now we're getting oh. into my favorite rider. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Jamie is giddy as he can be right now, I'm telling you. Dude, dude. yeah. Did you, see, did you see those stickers I had, man? Yes, I did. They look, they look good too. Did yeah. he, You're already ahead of us. Well, I hadn't seen the stickers yet. Yeah. Well, Brittany sent me the new logo. Oh, that new logo. I, I didn't want to wait, so I just had. L- I had our our graphics girl, MX girl, make some for me, so I could listen, put them on my. Listen, I best box. get one yeah. in for my van, fool. No, nah, man, they're all mine. Nah, bull crap. Yeah. You better give me one, <laughs> dude. He has been going off. Jeez, about the I'm new trying logo. to. I'm trying I'm to represent, you. and Jamie's being stingy. <laughs> so how you feeling? We'll, we'll have to get you some. Yeah. I'm doing good. Yeah. How how is trading going for you so far? It's going good. I've been doing a lot of training, not as much riding as I would like, but I just kind of got some things figured out, so I'm getting going on the riding part of it. I've been riding, just not super cross. 
Okay. So I've been, been riding just uh, only a few days on the Supercross track so far, so a little bit later than I would like, but still earlier than last year. Right. And, uh, yeah, this is what it is. Well, now, uh, what what color fender are we looking at riding? It's going to be blue. Oh, so nice. Not going to be yes. blue machine. Nice. It kind of hurts my yeah. feelings a little bit. Why does it hurt your feelings? Chiz, I'm a Honda guy, man. Chiz kills it on the Yamaha. Know, he dude. rides the Yamaha so He's good. He's good on the Yamaha, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> We're no, I like you. the red bike, too. Yeah, no, I like the red bikes, too. But, yeah, I just worked out to get on a blue one. I've been, so I've been, I just got to California last night. Today was my first day actually on the bike, but the last week I posted a couple times yeah. on my social media. Just uh, My cousin rides a Yamaha 250, so uh, he has just been practicing on his 450, so uh, I kind of borrowed his bike for a couple days just to ride it to get a little time on it, just, you know, just ride it on the outdoor track, and get back accustomed a little bit to it before I get out here to California. So, so yeah, I spent a couple of days on it back at home, and then I uh, just got out here last night to get going today was the first day on the Supercross track. So, yeah, just getting in the swing of things. Right on. So before we get yeah. any farther into 2018, how about how was Canada for you? I believe you finished sixth overall. Yeah. It seems like a pretty good year. Yeah. Or were you? What's that? Yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, that's, it was okay. It, was, uh, it wasn't what I wanted, but honestly, I had a lot of fun. Uh, the team was awesome that I rode for. Um, it was a first-year team. Yep. So you kind of know how that can go. But they did an awesome job. Uh, the guy, the team manager, uh, actually was the team manager for the Yamaha race team up there. So, so he's been around a long time and kind of knew what he was doing. So I kind of trusted him, you know, in that going into the first year team. And uh, and they were pretty late getting everything together too. So uh, all things considered, though, I mean, they did an awesome job. Uh, the team did an awesome job. And uh, I, I actually had started a little slow, um, just getting the bike set up right. You know, it was tough. It was a new team. Um, so that was all new. And then, obviously, everyone knows the Honda 450 this year was brand new as well. So, right. you know, it was probably The bike is awesome. But, you know, you just got to work through some things. You know, the stuff that works on, you know, the bike in the past and, and other bikes, every, every bike is a little different. So you got to kind of work through some things and, and uh, kind of figure out, you know, things that work, things that don't. You know, do you run this linkage or not this linkage or – this or that, you know, just things you got to run through, uh, triple clamp offsets, and mm-hmm. just getting stuff like figured out. And uh, when it's a brand new bike, and the bike was pretty late getting out to the public, yep. so not many aftermarket companies have, you know, a lot of stuff for them, not a lot of options. So uh, luckily, that Honda 450 is a really good base to start with, so that made it easier. But like I said, it was still a new bike, a new team, so uh, I started out a little slower than I would have liked. I was super sick the first two weeks. I had a bronchitis like two days before the first race, so it wasn't wasn't too easy to start out with. But about round four or so, uh, we got things kind of got things going, and we were right up there, top five, you know, pretty much every weekend, right. you know, provided you know, not having a mishap or anything like that. But it definitely got better. Uh, I, I had like five fourth place finishes in a row. I wanted to be up on the podium and was right there. A bunch of weekends, and uh, but I ended up fourth a bunch of weekends, and and yeah, as you know, it was tough too. There was a a lot of good guys up there this year, uh, so it wasn't it wasn't easy. There's was about you know eight to ten pretty good guys. So, um, but yeah, six was not what I wanted. Uh, I wanted to be up on the podium, but um, we we were close. We were next to everybody, and and, uh, and like I said, most importantly, 
the team was awesome to work with, and I had a good time up there. Yeah, um, it seems like the last couple of years, going into every series, you've had a little bit like it's either a late start or there's just been some adversity. But you still come out with really great finishes, and I mean, obviously the speed and the talent's still there. Um, have you had anybody yep. get a hold of you about any kind of deals for 18 for Supercross? Yeah, like you said, everything the last few years has been super late, but it's tough. And uh, I was actually just thinking about it a little earlier. It's like the other thing that makes it tough is not only that been you know pretty late, you know, before the season, so there's not much prep time as far as you know getting everything set up and mm-hmm. and all that. But uh, I want to say since like 2013, I've been on a different bike every year. So from 13 to 14, I was on a Yamaha both years, but it changed. You know, went from from the 13 to the 14, they did a complete, you know, uh, change of the of the 450. And then in 15, I was on a Cowie. 16, I was on a Honda. And then 17, I was on a Honda again, but again, it was a completely new bike. And then now this year, on a Yamaha (laughs) 250. So and last year, I was on a Honda 250 as well as the new Honda 450. So. Yeah, it's been, uh, and actually, if you go back before that, in 2012, I was on a Cali, you know, whatever. So, yeah. really, since then, I've been on a different bike every year, which makes it tough. You know, you got to figure things out with it. And uh, and then, on top of that, when it's a late kind of start, you don't have as much prep time uh, to get the bike dialed in. It makes it tough. But, you know, it is what it is. You got to deal with it and make the best of it. So, that's what I've always tried to do. And, uh, and yeah, so, for this year... I, I they're supposed to do a press release tomorrow, so I'm jumping the gun a little bit. But um, I just did a deal with the uh, the 5150 Yamaha uh, oh, 250 team perfect. for yeah. the West Coast. Uh, yeah, so, so I'm excited. It's a, it's a good group of guys. I kind of actually talked to them uh, during Supercross a little bit uh, since then, and uh, I had a, I had a couple of their options uh, like offers on the table, uh, all 250 things. And uh, this one just seemed like the best program and fit for what I was looking for. And uh, I think they, they run a good program. Their bike's really good. Um, I know a few of the guys there. Their suspension guy, Brett, he was the suspension guy at Jeff Ward when okay. I wrote for them uh, in 2012. So yep. I've worked with him. And then uh, uh, the guy that's doing their engines or helping with their engines uh, is who did my engines a couple of years ago when I did my own thing on the Cowies in 2015. So the engine guy I've worked with, um, and then Terry Beal, which he's kind of not team manager, but he's kind of in charge of some things. I've worked with him in the past, and then Craig Monty, the team manager. You know, I, I, I didn't really know him. I haven't worked with him before, but he was, you know, a villain mechanic at Factory Yamaha for a bunch of years, and uh, he's been around a long time too. So I just felt like the group of guys and the program that they ran, um, they know what they're doing what yeah. they're doing they've been around a long time and uh, i think they would give me a good uh a good program to go you know do what i want to do you know so uh yeah it worked out so i'll be doing 250 west with those guys and then in my deal um they agreed to support me on a 450 as well Perfect. so as many of the 450 east which i want to do all of them uh i'll be planning on doing all the east coast on the 450 so uh with help from the team and stuff like that so um so yeah, so 250 west and 450 on the east, and then we have a uh, kind of see how everything's going. And they would like to do outdoors. They're pretty much committed to the first, you know, the west coast ones, the first yeah. like three. Um, so we're gonna go through those. Hopefully everything's going good, and we'll get to do all of them. But even if the team, since they are a Supercross only team, they're gonna 
commit to the first few outdoors um, and then see how everything's going. But uh, worst case, if they have to do all the outdoors, um, they're going to still support me through the outdoor stuff if, if we want to do that. So I'll still kind of run my own program with some of their help for the rest of the outdoor ones. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a Supergrass-only west deal, yeah. but then it's kind of turned to east coast on the 450 and potentially outdoors as well. Um, and stuff like that. So that's going to uh, give you a little bit yeah. of confidence and a little bit of a, like a, a peace of mind. Yep. Yeah. yeah for sure. It's not, it, it makes it easier. You know, I, I can go, you know, I, I don't, I'm it's November still and I, and I know what I'm doing. So that's right. definitely, uh, definitely the, a, a step up. When was the uh, last yeah. time you had your program this together this early? Well, he, he was saying, that. Uh, I know I'm saying like, when was the last time? Yeah. Man, probably, uh, probably 2013. <laughs> um, but that, but that was when I rode for. I had done a deal with that Velocity Three yeah. Yamaha team, so it got done early. We started in November sometime, but you know, a month or so went by, and it was Christmas and a week or two from Anaheim, and no one was getting paid, and it kind of all came to a head. So I started. But then everything was falling apart before the season started. So, so that's uh, how that went. And then 2012 was pretty good when I with the Jeff Ward team. Right. I signed with them probably a week or so after Bercy, which was you know beginning of November um, or end of October, whatever it was. So I kind of did a deal with them. So I got got going with them in November. So that was back in 2012. So yeah, it's, it's been a minute since I had some time to uh, get going. I wish this was even a little earlier, but right. you know, it is, it is, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. And like I said, I think it'll be a good program and try to work my butt off, you know, from now until Anaheim and, and through the year and, uh, and, you know, do my best. Hey, so I got, I changed the question. Just, just, I just got a text. Um, Jason Potter, yeah. Jason Potter's going to be on after you. And he just told me he was, he was your mechanic okay. in 16. Yeah. So, yep. uh, tell, tell us a little bit. Just, you got a funny Jason Potter story? Uh, Man, not much, but we we honestly had a pretty good time. Uh, when I wrote for the Rocky Mountain team uh, last year, so like 2016, right. uh, he wasn't my mechanic in Supercross because he was back in Hall's mechanic, which his dad is who owned the team. So uh, he was with Bracken during Supercross, and then I had a mechanic uh, with me for Supercross when, you know, when I rode for them. But I got hurt at the second race, so I missed the rest of Supercross and then started outdoors with them, Yeah. Uh, you know, back when I got back healthy. And uh, Bracken was only doing Supercross. So when it came to outdoors, Jason switched over to being my mechanic for outdoors since Bracken wasn't doing outdoors. And uh, so I got to work with Jason the whole outdoor season. And, uh, man, it was awesome. I got, I got to know him, obviously, through the year, but then we got to actually work together outdoors, and it was good. He uh, – he, came down to Florida for like two weeks or so during the summer uh, just to kind of come down, help me for a couple weeks, you know, while we were back on the East Coast mm -hmm. during outdoors and then a week off. So we came down, stayed at my house for a couple weeks, and uh, he was just, you know, used to the West Coast California heat and, right. and all that, and I got him back to the Florida heat and the humidity, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, I'm like telling him about it, and he's like, yeah, 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 and then, you know, comes down and he's like, "Holy crap, it's hot!" Yeah, it's you know whatever. It's funny how all the um, people I know in California—they're yeah. like, "Oh, it's really hot out here." And I'm like, "No, no, it's not." 
know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's 110 it's degrees. It's hot, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's hot, but it's, yeah. it doesn't make you feel like you can't breathe. Yeah, we were in Florida. Yeah. Not, yeah. We were in Florida this yeah. last week, and it was raining outside, but it was so humid that under the ease up, it was building <laughs> humidity and dripping on us from yeah. under the ease up. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's not very humid there right now right. compared to August, you know. So it's actually nice right now compared to that. So, yeah, no, it's different for sure. You know, obviously I'm used to it, you know, being from there. But, uh, but yeah, no, Jason was awesome. He, uh, super good mechanic. I've been actually trying to recruit him to, uh, come work for the 5150 team. Oh, yeah. Because they're possibly one more mechanic. But I, I, I think he's pretty committed, uh, the deal with what he has going on right now, uh, for the year with, with the, with the kid that he's helping. So, okay. uh, but yeah, no, he's a super good mechanic and, he was awesome. We got along really good. Yeah. He's fun to be around. And he's a super good rider himself. Dude. You know, whatever. So, uh, yeah. he ripped. Yeah. I, I just met him at the, at the Glen Helen. I went out there for the vet nationals and yeah. Yeah. he, I've never seen anybody go down that mountain as fast as he did. That it was <laughs> like Brownie and Metcalf were fast down the hill. Yeah. He was yeah. way, he was just way faster down that hill. And I was like, I got to talk to this dude. He's yeah. amazing. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he goes fast. Like, so when I came back from my shoulder injury that year, um, I was on the bike for like four and a half months and just barely got released, you know, like after Vegas, so like two weeks before Hangtown. And I just got released to just start riding a little bit. My shoulder was still really weak and not 100%, but I was cleared to ride. So when I started riding, Jason, you know, for that week or so, kind of went to the track with me and he was riding as well. And I'm like, He's out there smoking me, you know, just first couple of back to the bike, and he's, he's going faster than me, and I'm like, dude, you need to just fill in for me until my shoulders, you know, get stronger or whatever, but yeah, he was, he was putting it to me there at the beginning, you know, he was, he was pretty close with me. That's funny. So, yeah, no, he, he rips, yeah. Now, Kyle, are yeah. you, are you going to have, uh, be able to do your own gear deal and all that with the new team? Yep, yeah, so, okay. with the team, I get to do my own gear stuff, um, so it's, uh, that that's pretty cool, you know. Obviously, to be able to do that, I've been with a lot of my gear people for a pretty long time, so it's uh it's usually a bummer if I can't do it just to kind of you know keep those relationships. Uh, I've been like I said, I've been with a lot of them for a long time, so it's uh people I like working with and vice versa. So it's uh no, it's been been good. So I've been been definitely happy to be able to kind of you know be able to do my own gear stuff and and uh, work with a lot of the same people that I've been working with. Well, that's awesome to hear, man. Kyle, we know you're busy. We won't take any more of your time tonight, man. But thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for coming on and talking with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Anytime. You guys know that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, man, we'll see you in Houston. And yeah. um, I'll, yep. I'll have some stickers with me. I'll bring some if, if Brittany hasn't gotten yeah. made yet. You better, you better give she, me one. She, yeah. she said yeah. the shirts she would be have up some pretty soon. In. Yeah, she's been, man, she's been super busy, doing yeah. really good with her business, though. But, right. but really busy. And, uh I don't know for anyone that hasn't seen, you know, she obviously she has her pretty rebels, her, yep. her business, her clothing stuff. Um, she actually just took on doing, I'm sure, I, I know you know, but doing uh, all of Chad Reed's, uh, like all of his fan casual wear, you know, yeah. uh, clothes stuff. So she's been super busy with that. He has a lot of stuff that they're wanting to do and doing some photo shoots with them and getting that up and going. And she uh, just got that kind of done like last week, within the last week or so. So now she's kind of working on getting my stuff done. Mine won't be as, as you know, much as what Chad's got going on. But, yeah, I'm looking to do, like, you know, three, four, maybe five things, or maybe a hat, hat, a few couple shirts and a sweater, or yeah. even some pants, some 
So, uh, yeah, we're going to get that in the works. And should the, the goal is to have that up all before Christmas. Right. So uh, definitely before the season, but um, before Christmas and, and get my stuff up and going too. So, yeah, she's been doing super good and busy. So, yeah, i got to look for some of the Chiz merchandise. And, yeah, we'll, we better have it before Houston. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I'll, I'll, uh, if not, I'll have to get my own shirt made too. Oh, he yeah, will do no, that you, too. You better not have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. You better not have to. I'll, I'll have to bring you in there. That'll yeah. work, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Chiz. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no worries. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, okay, Chiz, have care. a good night, buddy. Right. Kyle Chisholm, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to go to that right into Locals Only, man. Locals Only, man. Get out of here. Go back to the valley, kook. All right, guys. Locals Only segment. Joining us is... uh. Bit of a moto renaissance man. He uh, raced Baja, won Mammoth, has mechanic for some different pro guys. Kyle Chisholm for one. Spokane, Washington's Jason Potter. Jason, what's up, buddy? Yeah, not too much. Just, you know, another day. Same thing, different day. Yeah, so you uh, you just did Baja. How'd that go? How was that experience? Uh, it was pretty cool. It was, I was super nervous because... Uh, on the 3X bike, one of their guys got hurt um, Saturday or something. So Colton calls me up or texts me on Sunday and says, like, hey, man, can you help me out? One of our guys got hurt. I was like, oh, okay. So he's like, well, just get down here as fast as you can. Yeah. So, I got down, Go yeah, so I got down there Monday evening, and that night we went out and pre-ran my section, a little bit of my section. But, yeah, before the race, I only pre-ran my section – once during the day and then once at night, and that's all I got. Wow. Now, have you ever done Baja before? I assume you must have. Uh, I did the 500 with them. Okay. Yeah. Well, i tell you what. Um, I, I talked about you after I got back from Glen Helen, and I was telling these guys about my experience out there, and your speed down that hill chasing Brownie was insane. And I know um, uh, John Anderson uh, with W talked to you about it a little bit. Yeah. How did you go down the hill that fast? Because it scared the shit out of me going down it. <laughs> uh, no, I just – I trust my suspension. Race Tech does a good job, but I just – I had a good line going down it. Yeah, you were staying to the right, I saw. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was just unreal, man. And, I, you know, and I, I didn't know a lot about you. I just – you know, like I said, that's the first time I'd really seen you and, and kind of started asking questions. And, you know, everybody was like, oh, yeah, that, that's a guy that just won Mammoth. That's pretty impressive too. So I mean, tell us a little bit about, like, how did you get started in right racing, and you know, and and then kind of build up to being a, a pro rider and win win in Mammoth. Uh, I started well, like I started when I was in Washington because I was born in California, but we moved up to Washington when I was little. But my brother's friends rode. He got into it. I never really was into moto like I was kind of actually scared of dirt bikes so I just kind of stayed away from them and then one day I was just like I just my brother started racing I was like I kind of want to start riding so I started that and then just kind of did the local thing I never got out of the 80 beginner class though I suck really oh yeah I was terrible and then got on big bikes and things kind of just started clicking and then uh Started doing a lot of local races and started doing, like, you know, amateur nationals and stuff. And then I think he was in, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, 07 or 08 I went pro or whatever. Then, you know, did the outdoor thing. Did a couple of Canadian rounds and then 
did outdoors and supercross. Like I was decent. I was okay. I kind of feel like I'm actually faster now. Really? Yeah. Like just I don't know. Just age, just you like, think? Maturity? Yeah. Just I've you know I've learned a lot over the years, and then I just I'm just having fun with it. Like I just love riding. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? Um, yeah. So th- Especially this, when you're that fast. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> this segment we have you on, we call it our locals only. What we try to do is talk to, you know, guys in, in different areas and just see what the local scene is like. Um, are you still living up in Washington most of the time or are you California now? Um, pretty much in California now. Like, cause, uh, well, I was in Utah. Well, since I was 18, I've been coming to Cali for the winter mm-hmm. ever since I was 18 years old just because, you know, it snows up there. Right. And so – but then once I quit racing, I started working for Bracken Hall. And so then kind of for three years I was living in Utah where he is, and then in the winter we'd be still down here in Cali too. And then did that for three years and then uh, just started kind of – got a job with a kid down here like i'm a mechanic for an amateur kid down here now so i'm pretty much been here for a little over a year now okay yeah well, what's the scene like out there when you show up at an average race say you know i don't know if you go to Glen helen or wherever on a sunday um what, what's it like at, you know is there is there still a, a lot of guys showing up for races you know what, what are that how are the track owners running things is it is it a good scene in socal right now yeah i think it's good like the local races, I'll pretty much go do a lot of the Trans World ones. Okay. Like, they put on a good event. So, like, there's still, like, a decent amount of, like, amateur kids go to those, like, quite a bit. So that's kind of nice. And then the tracks, yeah, they do a good job. Like, it's just so nice being down in SoCal where there's so many tracks to choose from. Well, Jason, I got a question for you. I've got a son who does doing some of the amateur stuff. And uh-huh. um, looking at the Loretta's like qualifying stuff, I noticed that the South, I guess Southern California region, basically the South, whatever West region, <laughs> is the only one where the amateur and the youth are like at the same track on the same weekend, where all the other other well, ones are so full they can't fit all the mini bikes in. So I was curious about the turnout down there. I mean, it seems like. For, I would think since that's like the mecca of motocross, that they would be they'd have to break it up. Yeah, I don't know how they seem to pull that off, but they seem to be able to run through them pretty fast. Like, I know in this region is always the hardest to qualify because they, you know, it's the first one and they don't take that many. Right. So a lot of the kids from over here actually go over to like you know the you know the middle of the state to or middle of the country to actually try qualifying. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of that here too, and, and we're in uh, East Texas, which you should come okay. here sometime because the track we got, yeah, we, we, got we have almost tracks. as many tracks probably as SoCal does at this point. They just keep popping up with better dirt. With better dirt, yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a little hard out here. Yeah, yeah. I like I said, I I started riding dirt bikes in '89, '90. I lived in Barstow, but I really didn't get into racing until I moved out here, pretty serious and. This this uh, at Glen Helen the other day was my first time back out there in 20 years, and I couldn't believe how different it was. And it just happened to be the worst mudder ever. Well, I actually rode the day before. I didn't ride on Sunday. Okay. So, so I, yeah, I, I was out. Yeah, I did. And originally, I was going to race only Sunday. 
I didn't bring my bike. Rich Taylor with X Brand brought me a bike. Oh, nice. So I thought I was going to race on Sunday, but it changed, and I, yeah, it worked out. For, and I had fun. I just, I just couldn't get the bike to stick in ruts or anything. The dirt was just so different, and I'm not very talented. I'm pretty slow. So, <laughs> so those yeah. things combined was. Uh, was yeah, rough. Glenn Helms. Glenn Helms kind of weird. I don't. I'm not a big fan of it. Like I don't really like how hard pack it is. Right. Well, you were for not liking it. You were pretty impressive. I really thought you were gonna get brownie going down that hill. I was I was trying like uh. yeah you kind of lost you lost him a little bit on that last lap the lap before I thought man he's got him he's got him and then it just uh, you know I, I don't know he just kind of a little bit more of a gap on you it's brownie yeah we we caught up to a lapper and the lapper kind of got in my way a little bit uh. but it was hard for me to get close to him on the downhill because he would pull me like I just have a sixteen Honda for fifty it's just stock it's a okay. all stock motor. And so on the start, he'd pull me right there, and then yep. going up the first hill, he'd pull me, and I was like, God, I just wish I could be closer. Right. But well, it was impressive, it was, man. It was, it was fun. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and uh, Chiz was just telling us that, uh, you know, you went out to Florida to help him out at one point, and there were yeah. some times when you were a little faster than him. That's, I mean, it, That's impressive. Yeah. Did you run any nationals in your uh, pro career? Yeah. And how, how, yeah. what was the best finish you ever had? Uh, I can't remember, like, but I want to say... Did you score points? In, yeah, no, I've been in the top 20s for sure, and then nice. I've I've made a couple, like, Supercross mains and stuff. Oh, killer. Yeah. Well, man, that's really impressive. Yeah, and so well, it was it was a decent, it was okay. I was decent when I was, you know, racing and stuff, but I feel like I can almost do better now. Yeah. Just because... I'm just relaxed. I don't, you know, it's no pressure now. I just do it for fun. So when are we going to see you back out there then? Okay, I'm kidding, uh, I'm kidding, bud. <laughs> a lot of people actually tell me, they're like, are you, gonna, you should go race. I'm like, you going to pay for it? Yeah, I was right. like, thanks, no, I, things, things, right, cost yeah. Mo- things cost money. Yeah, yeah there's no do, doubt sure. with what I saw at Glen Helen, there's no doubt you could make a, you know, make a, I would think top 20 still because, I mean, I think Brownie could, so there's no reason you couldn't. Yeah, but I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, in it the is past. expensive. <laughs> For sure. Now, speaking of money, do you ever – are there any good money races out on out on that end of the world? Do you, do you do any of those still or – In Cali, no. There's really none down here. In Washington, though, like in the northwest, there's so many in the summertime. Yeah, didn't – wasn't there one up there that Villapoto had something to do with? Uh, a money race? I have no idea. I know they have the um, Thursday night deal over at. Um, um, yeah, they have the Thursday night at PIR. PIR. That's oh, it. maybe that's what I'm thinking. I might be confusing that with the thing that Watson and uh, RCH kind of did. No, that's in like Michigan. Yeah, I think. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but in the summertime, like kind of around Washougal, they're in Coeur d'Alene, which is right by Spokane. They have – it's just like a little fair arena cross, you know? Mm-hmm. And they have two of those every year with $8,000 purses. Nice. Yeah, and then they put on one in Montana during the winter. That's another $8,000 purse. And then I think at Mountain View this year they had a $10,000 purse up there. Now, is the purse that big at the winter race in Montana because it's during the winter in Montana? <laughs> or They it- just – it's just a set purse of eight grand. The promoter always has an eight thousand dollar purse. Because it's cold. Well, yeah, I was just referring to the weather, how cold it probably oh, it's, is that time. It's freezing. Sometimes yeah. 
over in Montana. I think one year I did it. It was zero. It was in the negatives. Jeez, forget that. Yeah, I'm yeah it gets in like yeah. 35, 40 here in Texas, and I'm like, I don't want to load the bike. Even up. if I was fast, they wouldn't pay enough for me to no. go to that race. Uh, <laughs> no. But, uh, but well, Jason, man, we really fun. appreciate you coming on here, man. Um, I know. It was really cool meeting me. you, and I was very impressed with your speed at Glen Helen. And I hope you're there next year, man, because yeah. I'm coming out for that one. I'd love to meet you and, and see you rip down that hill. Yeah, no, that was that was fun. I was. It's it's nice it's nice being a vet rider now. It makes racing fun. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? We're we're like we're we're all no, vet riders. No like pressure. Said, much much slower, but it's the fun of just hanging out with your buddies and and having a good time is so much better than it was when you were angry in your teenage years because you didn't win. Oh yeah, at local races down here, like I know a couple of the guys in my class and stuff. And after motos, they're always just like, "Oh man, come over, have a beer and stuff." Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah sounds good. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, this makes it, it. It's what it should be. It's fun and enjoyable and yeah, good times. Oh, yeah. Well, Jason, we won't take any more of your time up, buddy. But thanks for coming on. We enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, no, I enjoyed uh, being on the show. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, man, have a good one. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, you too. Talk to you later. Okay, take care. Jason Potter, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes Locals Only, and that concludes this show. i got to go home. i got a sick wife. I would love to sit here and bullshit with you dudes, but we're not doing it. So. I don't really want to hang out with you. Yeah, dude. big shout-out. Uh, shut up, Jamie. <laughs> Dick. But a big shout-out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, York Welling and Fab, and TPJ Racing, DJ TJ, Darkside, Muscle Mark, Moto X Pod Show. See you next week. See you guys. What do you want me to do? You want me to stop it? Yes. You're over there doing that. I mean, this means stop. I, that I means know. stop, TJ. It's it, not the same motion. I, I just, <laughs> it's not. You're your dirty minded freak.